Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott, and on today's episode, I will recap the remaining Week 7 games from this past weekend. Now, if last week was humbling, this week was demeaning, as far as talking heads like myself go. Almost every game this week resulted in making myself and others look like absolute fools. Lions at Ravens, for example. I thought the defense of the Ravens was a bit overrated given the lackluster performance of their opposing offenses. Boy, was I wrong. The Ravens whooped up on the Lions 38-6. The Ravens improved on their season at 5-2, and the Lions fell to also 5-2. The Lions looked like the Lions of old. They could not get a single thing going, either on offense or defense. The Ravens' defense is for real, and I won't doubt them again moving forward this season. Lamar Jackson and the offense had immense success in both the passing game and the running game. They did a great job of minimizing the effectiveness of Aiden Hutchinson and the rest of that line, allowing zero sacks. The Ravens, however, were extremely effective at maintaining pressure on Jared Goff, and they came away with five sacks as a team. The Ravens looked dominant and have a real shot at coming away with the AFC North title when all is settled. The Lions should remain a formidable force in the NFC North, but I do have some doubts with this team now for sure. This next game looked like it was heading for the shootout we all predicted, but were let down when the Chargers decided to charger way too early. Chiefs won 31-17 over LA and improved to 6-1 on the season, while the Chargers fell to 2-4. and four. There was a point in this game before halftime where it was all knotted up at 17, on shots from both teams. This game was heading down an exciting path, but only one team showed up out of the break. Mahomes and Kelsey did what they wanted. Mahomes ended with 424 yards and 4 touchdowns, all 4 to different receivers. One of those receivers being Travis Kelsey, of course, who had 179 yards on 12 catches and the aforementioned go-ahead touchdown right before halftime. It was the defense who deserves a lot of credit here. They had the normally cautious Justin Herbert making a lot of bad decisions and turning the ball over twice. This Chiefs team is built differently than they have been in the past. They can close out games like we've never seen them do before. That honestly scares me more than the ability to score points at will. They can run the clock down with Pacheco and rely on the defense to not allow anything. They're beginning to look like the most well-balanced team in the league. Now I'm sure that this stems from being a Broncos fan, but I always seem to fall for the Chargers in the offseason, hoping they have a chance at knocking the Chiefs out of first place in the division since my team won't be able to for the foreseeable future. It seems like around this time every season, they let me down. I think this may be the last year of Brandon Staley and this version of the Chargers. On to a more competitive game, even though the score was the same. The Dolphins at the Eagles. Philly came away with the win in this one, 31-17, rising to 6-1 on the season, while the Finns sink to 5-2. I predicted that the Dolphins would have a hard time rushing the ball against the Eagles' defense. 
which ended up being the case, aside from occasional success on the outside, but I did not expect their pass defense to be so disruptive against the high-flying pass offense of the Dolphins. Their defense was able to hold Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to less than 100 yards each and allowed only one offensive touchdown all game. They kept Tua under constant pressure and came away with four sacks and led to one interception. The Dolphins' defense was just as surprising as their offense, but in a more positive light instead. They held the Eagles to less than 100 yards rushing as a team, and for the most part, they were able to keep the passing game in check, with the exception of A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard at times. They provided sustained pressure on Hurts, resulting in three sacks, a lost fumble, and a pick six. With Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard both set to return soon, this defense could look a lot different, and they should help bring more balance to this team in the future. Jalen Hurts' carelessness with the ball two games in a row is a bit of a concern, but this team has the ability on both sides of the ball to counter this while he irons out his ball security issues. Next up, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals 20-10, improving to 4-2 on the year, while the Cardinals drop to 1-6. I honestly expected this to be a more exciting matchup, but I was wrong. Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals' offense couldn't get much going, especially through the air. He was held to just 146 yards passing. While Dobbs continues to be a threat scrambling, this running game really isn't the same without James Conner. Arizona's defense really struggled against the run and allowed Kenneth Walker to run wild, ending his day with over 100 yards rushing on 26 attempts. JSN and Jake Bobo were able to sneak past the coverage multiple times, both coming away with a touchdown. They did, however, come away with two takeaways towards the end of the game, but their offense couldn't do anything with it. The main story here has to be the rising defense of this Seattle team. All three levels of this defense are impressive. The front seven were all over Dobbs in this game, coming away with four sacks, but providing consistent pressure all game. The secondary looks solid and seems to improve week to week. Overall, Arizona doesn't necessarily look as bad as their record. They aren't bad, but they aren't good either. Seattle seems to be on the rise and could definitely come away with a wild card spot at least when all is said and done. The final game on my watchable list was also somewhat of a dud. The Vikings won 22-17 against the 49ers. Minnesota improves to 3-4 on the season, while the Niners fall to 5-2. Christian McCaffrey ended up playing in this game and scored twice, once through the air and once on the ground. The Vikings defense did a great job of bottling him up in the running game though, only allowing 3 yards per carry and forcing one fumble which the Vikings recovered. George Kittle led the team in yards receiving with 78, but Brock Purdy and the rest of the passing game struggled at times. Purdy threw a couple untimely interceptions, but had a couple scrambles for first down. Overall, he had a decent game. Kirk Cousins and this Vikings offense did a great job in the screen game early, which forced the Niners' defensive front to play off just a bit, 
And once they did, the Vikings would attack in the run game and then use the run game to hit the big shots off of play action downfield to either Addison or Hawkinson. Overall, it was a great game plan. Jordan Addison and Charvarius Ward had an interesting matchup. Both players ripped the ball from each other on two separate occasions, each coming away with it once. Ward for an interception and Addison on a touchdown for a total of two touchdowns on the evening. He led his team in receiving yards with 123 on only seven receptions. TJ Hawkinson played a big role in this offense as well, hauling in 11 catches for 86 yards and several first down conversions on third down. A lot of the problems for the Niners defense stemmed from this inability to stop the Vikings on third downs. Overall, the Vikings defense outperformed the Niners defense and Kevin O'Connell outcoached Kyle Shanahan. The Vikings are beginning to make some noise in the NFC North. With the return of Debo Samuel and Trent Williams, this 49ers team should continue to stay atop the NFC West. Now let's go ahead and take a look at the results from my speed round. The Falcons squeaked past the Bucks 16-13. The Bears, led by Tyson Bagent, destroyed the Raiders 30-12. The Browns teamed up with the Zebras again and barely beat the Colts 39-38. The Giants remembered they were a football team and upset the Commies 14-7. The Patriots embarrassed the Bills 29-25 while getting Papa Bill to 300 wins. George Pickens and the Steelers picked apart the Rams 24-17. The Donkeys seemed to be allergic to draft picks and beat the Packers 19-17. We'll go ahead and take a quick break right here. Welcome back. Now it's time to jump into a little bet busting. So for my straight bets, I had Jonu Smith to score a touchdown. He did not. Josh Reynolds to score a touchdown. He did not. Donald Parham to score a touchdown. He did not. <laughs> Jalen Warren to score a touchdown, which he did. Stefan Diggs to score a touchdown which he also did. So that brings me to a two out of five for our straight bets this week. Not bad, but not good either. Now we'll move on to our parlay bets. We had a three-leg parlay consisting of Bijan Robinson over three and a half receptions, which he did not get. He also left the game with an undisclosed illness, which is interesting. Uh, the second part of this leg was Brian Robinson over 7.5 receiving yards. He did not reach that. The third part of this leg was Isaiah Pacheco over 14.5 receiving yards, which he did get. Overall, we lost that three-leg parlay. Next, we had a five-leg parlay consisting of Travis Kelsey over 75.5 yards receiving, which he did hit. Dallas Goddard over 39.5 yards receiving which he did hit. Raheem Mostert over two and a half receptions, which he did not hit. Kenneth Walker over 11 and a half receiving yards, which he did not hit. Gabe Davis over 38 and a half receiving yards, which he did not hit. So we also missed out on that five leg parlay. 
Overall, for the parlay bets, we went 0 for 2, which again, I'll harp on, is exactly why we do the straight bets. Now let's move on to some of the fantasy advice I gave in my preview. So my top sleepers were Jaleel McLaughlin, and he scored 5.6 points. Not very good. A.J. Dillon, who scored 11.5 points. Not too bad. Rasheed Rice, who scored 17 points. Pretty good. Curtis Samuel, who scored 6.5 points. Not very good. And then Jonu Smith, who scored 5.7 points. Also not very good. I might be off the uh, Jonu Smith train. Overall, this weekend was pretty wild. Now, I enjoy weeks like this, however. Parody is boring, and random outcomes are why football is one of the best sports to watch. It just makes you a little bit more excited for what's to come next week. Alright, I think that'll do it for today's episode. I hope everyone had a great weekend and enjoys the rest of their day. I'll see you next time.